Please turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 5, and we'll be looking at verses 9 and 10 today. We'll begin there. Revelation chapter 5, beginning in verses 9 and 10. The Apostle John is writing, and he says, And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Amen. We began a series entitled The Sons of God, and uh, we are looking at what that means. We're doing this in conjunction with the series Our Divine Nature. Now remember again that we were talking about our divine nature and walking in that divine nature. However, as I said to you before, we needed to take a step back because we need to build a foundation before we can walk in that divine nature. If we don't know who we are, if we don't understand what it is that God has done in us and what He expects of us, we're never going to walk in that divine nature. Amen? When you begin to understand that you are a king and a priest before God, I told you God doesn't have little princesses in His kingdom. Amen? There's nobody in a little tutu running around. All that stuff is junk. I'm sorry if you, you know, if, if, if that's a little dear thing to you, I'm really sorry. But you are one of the sons of God. But I'm female. Doesn't matter. You are in the sun. When God sees you, he, how many times have you heard that statement? You know, God doesn't see you. He sees Jesus. Why don't we believe that? And why don't we apply that across the board? Is that only to men? Of course not. Galatians tells us it's male and female. Amen? Bond and free. Jew and Gentile. God doesn't see race and He doesn't see gender. He sees His Son. Whenever you pray, that's who He sees. And this leads us to a whole other can of worms which I don't want to get into right now. And you know what? You know, let's open the can for a minute. <laughs> Saddam brought it out. Let's open it and go for it. <laughs> This is why it makes no sense, the doctrine of, you know, like, and, and please, if this is your doctrine now, don't, don't die out on me and just switch off, okay? Stay switched on for just a second. That's why that doctrine of, you know, like the man is the head and everything doesn't work. Because when God sees either a male or female praying, He sees Jesus. He doesn't see a more male Jesus when a male is preaching and a bit of a female Jesus when a female is preaching. doesn't matter. When they're praying, they're all the same. And you know what? No human being should be the head of anything. Listen to me. It should be God and God alone. Jesus said God first. Amen? When are we going to believe that and allow that to be true in our lives? Do you know, it is liberating to me to know that I'm not the head of this household. Jesus is the head. Because this head can make mistakes. That head won't. And that head then has two heads to work with. And we know two heads are better than one. Because if this head messes up, he'll go talk to the girl head. And say, yeah, he's going off track again. Somebody go talk to him. Amen. So it's a safety net. So I don't go on, bless God, I'm the head of that. That's junk. That's garbage. That came with the fall. That was never the case before the fall. Amen? Yeah, but Adam came first. Yeah, but God made both. Just because Eve came after, doesn't mean that Adam made Eve and go, who? I made one for myself. 
It can serve me. That's not how it worked. Okay? Adam was asleep. Like most, most men are, you know. <laughs> you know. Everything going on. What happened? What happened? No. <laughs> yeah. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but you need to understand that we are all kings and priests. That's why when you come together with someone, don't ever, you know, in that male-female relationship, don't ever think one is higher than the other. You need to understand, one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. You are ten times as strong when you are together, because you're equals. Did you get that? Amen. Alright, anyway, moving. that wasn't the message for today. Well, it could be. <laughs> we go as God leads. We need to understand our position in God. We need to understand our position in the kingdom. You see, as sons of God, you, you know, we, we take it for granted that we are now the children of God. The Apostle John wrote that with almost an exclamation mark after it. He said, isn't it incredible that we are the sons of God? Do you know why he was saying that? Because people had been the servants of God for all the time before. And for the first time, after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, we became sons. That's why Jesus said, I gotta go. They said, no, it's better if you stay. He said, no, 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 it's better if I go. Because while I stay, you're servants. When I go, you become sons. And we need to understand that. We need to understand that a transformation took place. That's what 2 Corinthians 5, 17 is. We are now new creation. Could you bring that up if you could? It says that therefore if any man or woman, okay, be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And the next verse says, and all things are of God. And then tells us what we're meant to do with that. But let's just stop there for today. Okay? All things are of God. You are a king and a priest in God's kingdom because all things are of God now on the inside of you. You see, people said, oh no, that'll, that'll happen when I die. It better happen now, otherwise when you die, it ain't happening. <laughs> Did you get that? Don't put stuff off to after you die that you are meant to have here and now. There is no point in you being a king and a priest up there because it says that we'll reign on the earth, not in heaven. Uh, God gets to reign in heaven. Somebody tried to mess with that before and didn't do so well. <laughs> Amen. His name was Lucifer. Okay. God's kingdom belongs to God. But this down here was given to us. Amen. And Jesus came to give it back to us. That's the reason why now we are now kings and priests. What do kings and priests do? They decree. They declare. You know, as a king, whatever you say is recorded. Do you know that? And then we talked about this last time, and let's get into this today. When a king speaks, Old Testament times, they record everything. In fact, they do it now too in Parliament, so to speak. You know? <laughs> okay? Not that anybody reads that stuff, but anyway. The, the thing is that it was recorded. And once it was recorded, then it was done. Are you all here? You need to understand when you speak, angels are recording what you're saying. So you need to be careful what you go say after that in the parking lot. <laughs> okay? So are you up here, I'm praying with you. You're saying, Pastor, I'm believing for, I don't know, let's say a job or something. There's a few here with jobs and stuff. And, and praise God, you've got him now. But, you know, just say you're up here and we're praying for you for a job. And I'm, you know, 
I'm believing, I'm really believing that God will just bless you. And, and you know what? I hope you're not going, oh yeah, but I kicked the cat and I was really mean to my husband and burnt the eggs. And Don't go there. This is not the time. Okay, we're releasing faith, not going on a guilt trip. Amen. <laughs> okay. See, when we pray, we pray, we believe, we receive. Because the angel is going, okay, this is what they're agreeing on. And then you go to the car park and they go, well, how are things going? Oh, terrible. You know what the angel does? Oh, <laughs> Scratch it all out. Because out of your mouth, I need to take you somewhere. Turn to Matthew chapter 12. I can see, are you sure about that? <laughs> Turn to Matthew chapter 12. Let's see what Jesus has to say, shall we? Forget about me. Let's see what Jesus has to say. Alright, Matthew chapter 12, I'll be reading from verses 35 through 37. Jesus is speaking, it's in red. Okay. He says, a good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. Verse 36 is actually an explanation of how all this comes about. It says, but I say to you, that for every idle word men speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. You see, if you speak bad stuff, bad stuff is going to come. If you speak good stuff, good stuff is going to come. If you speak faith, mountains will move. If you speak doubt, you build them. Okay? <laughs> All right? Look at the next verse. For, this is the reason why this verse finishes this way. For by your words you will be justified. And by your words. Why? Because there will be a treasure. There will be stuff in your life to show what your words were saying. There will be angels with their scribble pad going, see? They prayed this, then they, then they went ahead and said something else. So we had to scratch it out. Do you know your angels are going to be judged as well? God's going to go look at your angels and go, okay, so how did you fare? Well, I would have done a lot more had he not kept changing his mind. <laughs> Every time I start off, not we say something else. <laughs> Let me give you more scriptures, because you need some scriptures to just get your mind around all of this. James 1.8 says, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Do you know why? Because you can't make up your mind. And you're saying stuff all over the place. That's the reason why James goes on to say, in James chapter 3 verse 2, for we all stumble in many things. Listen, listen to this now. If anyone does not stumble in word. If anyone does not stumble in word. What does it say? He is a perfect man. Able also to bridle the whole body. Wow. Are you getting this? Your mouth is controlling where you're going. Your mouth is controlling what everything around you does for you. Your mouth is the thing that is either bringing good things into your life, good treasures, or it's bringing evil treasures into your life. Things that you are despising and probably blaming God for. <laughs> Can I go there? Too late I went there. All right. <laughs> We need to be careful. So much of the time, the problem isn't God, it's you. It, in fact, God is never the problem. 
And the thing is, if you think he's a problem, then there's a problem. Okay? Because you've taken the thing that is your solution and made it the problem. And you've taken the one thing that can change the problem and put it on the side of the problem. Did y'all get that? Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And God's right behind that, testing and trying you. No. <laughs> okay? That's, how, well, that's what we think. We think when, when stuff happens, well, God's testing and trying us. Why? Why send Jesus to the cross if you're going to do that, man? Just leave Jesus off the cross. I'm serious. If you're going to have to go through stuff for yourself, well, then somebody else shouldn't have done it all for you. But the fact is, He did it all for you. There's nothing left to do. Do you understand? Salvation was totally and absolutely paid for. Do you know what responsibility you have? Being faithful. Being obedient. Do what He tells you to do. (laughs) Okay? Don't stand there and argue. Don't do yeah, but. We need to say yes, Lord. Not yes, but. Jesus is Lord, not the other. (laughs) Okay? (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? We need to get this family. We need to get to the yes, Lord. He says, you do. And once you do something, once you release your faith, can I just give you this friendly, brotherly, loving piece of advice? If anything contrary comes to it, shut up. Don't speak. Do I need to say it some other way? (laughs) Okay. By your words, you will be justified. Can I say it a different way? By your words, you'll either be blessed, or by your own words, you'll be cursed. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Can you pop that on there, please? I want you to see what it says. It begins with death. Death and life are where? In the power, doesn't say of God. Doesn't even say the devil. You know what? It says it's in your mouth. The only way that God can bless you or the devil can kill you is by what you say. We really need to get a hold of this. Because Christ has redeemed us from the curse. Do you hear me? Whatever went wrong, we've been redeemed from. Now the only thing that can go wrong is your mouth. And the only way that somebody can get your mouth going wrong is preach wrong stuff to you. Whatever you hear, you start to believe. Whatever you believe, you will speak. Whatever you speak will come to pass in your life. That's why Jesus says, take heed what you hear. Because the measure in which you hear it, that's the measure in which your life is going to turn out. Whatever you are paying attention to, whatever you are focusing on, whatever you are giving your time to. You know, we really need to check up on where we give our time to, what we give our time to, to whom we give our time to. Some people, all they're thinking about is all the things that could go wrong in their life. Oh brother, you don't know the stuff that went, that's going wrong in my life. Uh, guess where that started? Guess what's watering it still? Guess why it's never going to go away? Until you change. You're here. Am I pulling too many files? Should I go on to something else? Sorry, this is what we're doing. No. <laughs> I need you to get this. Understand something. You see, I want to tie together 
The fact that you are a king and a priest. The fact that all of heaven mobilizes whenever you say something because you're one of God's kids. Don't take that for granted. Don't underestimate what that is doing in your life. And whenever you're saying stuff, things are happening. And the only thing that the devil can do is make you think it's not happening, which is why the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith, not by what we see. And you know what faith says? That you don't look at the things that are seen. Stop looking at those things. Can we go there? Can we go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, please, very quickly? 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look at verse 18. It says, While we do not look at the things which are seen. Don't look at those things. Don't pay attention to them. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yes, it's probably going in the wrong direction, but that is the devil doing everything he can now to stop you. See, if he can stop you praying, then he can stop something coming to pass. Do you understand? But if you pray, if you believe, if you receive, and if you refuse to be moved by what you see, do you get that? Prayer demands that you pay no attention to the physical realm. It demands you do that. Because if you look, you're sunk. Family, we need to take this for what it's saying. It said, while we look not, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Why? Let's read on. It says, for the things which are seen are what? They are temporary. Why are you looking at something temporary and making it permanent? Oh, it'll never change. No, it won't. (laughs) Oh, but brother, yeah, no, you know what? It can, but you won't let it. You keep saying it's going to be that way. It's going to be that way. Do you know why? A king and a priest is decreeing it. Stop decreeing stuff that's killing you. (laughs) Okay, please. Change what you say. Understand that what you say is setting the course in your life. Can I just say this? It's not just about what you say. What you say becomes internalized in time. And it becomes how you see yourself. Saying is just the beginning. The place you want to get to is actually seeing who you really are in Christ. Do you understand what I'm saying? Once you build that image on the inside of you... The devil is sunk. Amen. Because now something is driving you. And it's not something that is seen. It is something that is unseen. Because those unseen things are, let's keep reading, are eternal. Once you build that image on the inside, that's an eternal image. Supported by what God is saying about you. You build it. (laughs) Sounds like the movie. You build it and he will come. (laughs) No, you build it and you'll be successful. Because you'll be finally in agreement with God. This is not positive mental attitude. Positive mental attitude is about you thinking about something that you wish were true. That has no power behind it. And an enemy that you can't see just pulling it apart and destroying it at every turn. This is something else. This is something that has been decreed. This is something that has been written in heaven. And it is true now. But the problem is, we are not walking in the truth of it. 
Let me give you another example. It, it's kind of like somebody going, I'm rich, I'm rich, I'm rich. And they're poor and they die of starvation because they just said they were rich because they hoped they were rich. And that, that's different to somebody putting a million bucks in the bank for you or 10 million these days. You know, because the dollar is like, okay, <laughs> all right? 10 million bucks in the bank and you finding out about it. And then, then you need to go, I got 10 million bucks. I got 10, I got 10 million bucks. Woohoo! Yeah, now you're there. Because now you go withdraw some of that money and use it. Amen? You see the difference? This is about you realizing what has been done. This is about the devil trying to keep things from you. This is about God revealing things to you. Hallelujah. Truths about yourself. Truth about what he has done. Truth about who you are now in Christ. And all of the stuff that you have as a result. Amen? If we begin to see ourselves that way. You know, can I just say this? For a person that... Have you noticed people that sort of do well? If they ever go into a slump, they'll pull themselves up and get back to somewhere close to that place, if not better. Do you know why? Because they have seen themselves in that position. They're just going, okay, okay, I'm just going through a bad patch. I'll get back there some way, somehow. And they strive and drive themselves to get back there. Are you all with me? That's why you can't keep them down. Do you know why? Because on the inside, they're up. The only problem is on the inside, if you go down, then we have a problem. It's called depression. (laughs) Okay? All right? The problem we have, and I say we just as a general term, is that we haven't been up there. We've been down here so long, we can't imagine what it is like up there. But God gave us His Word to help us get there. But that will only work if we believe. It is our choice to say, yes, that is me. That is mine. And thank you God for it. Amen? And then you start walking in it. Don't make excuses. Yeah, but I'm shut up. You're doing the yeah but thing again. <laughs> okay? Let me just deal with a, a few yeah buts. Yeah, but I'm not smart enough. Okay. The Bible says you now have the mind of Christ. Question. Is there anything that God can't understand? That's ridiculous. Everything that is in existence, even the stuff we haven't discovered, and pat ourselves on the back for discovering it. Dude, all you did is discover it. The guy that made it, that's the one you pat on the back. <laughs> okay? Einstein was that way, you know. He, he, he just discovered things. And he, he was like, wow. Look at, you know, can I just say this? It's only been kind of a recentish development that science went off track and went down the wrong road. Before that, people used to discover stuff and realize that they're discovering the handiwork of God. And they would go, wow, isn't God amazing? Do you hear me? And can I say this? Praise God, it's coming back. It's coming back. They're starting to go so deep and so far into that subatomic level. And they're going, whoa, look at that. Somebody built that. That couldn't evolve. It's stupid to even think that. Finally, they're coming out of stupidity. (laughs) Amen. Amen, you know. Praise God. You know, can I say this? The more that you understand where things come from, the more you look for things. 
Because you're not looking for accidents anymore. You are looking for divine design. Amen? And a day will come when it will be stupid and unscientific to not believe in God. Today, you know, people... Even now, there's still a little bit of this idea of, oh, are you a scientist or are you religious? Uh, Both. I'm religious because I'm a scientist. (laughs) Try that one in your pipe and smoke it. (laughs) There were people that went, went out to prove God didn't exist and found God in creation. Do you hear me? There were scientists who now believe. They are Christians because they were scientists. Because they went looking. Amen. Do you know we glorify God in understanding what He created? You can't appreciate someone until you see their handiwork and you go, Wow, you did that? Wow. Awesome much? Alright. What am I saying today? I've got about three minutes left. What am I saying today? You need to understand that as a child of God, as God's son... You're all sons of God, whether male or female. Okay? Yeah, if you want to be known as a daughter of God, that's okay. You can do that. But understand that even as daughters, you are in the Son. Amen? And you have that same authority and the same power that Jesus had down here. In fact, Jesus said, you do greater things than these. Do you know why? Because there's two of you now. When there was only one. Can you imagine if there were two Jesuses? Can we just stop for a second? Can you imagine if there was two of them? Oh. Storms would have no chance. Demons would just go, you know what, let's pack up and find another planet. Because this one's done for. <laughs> okay? You know, because every time he got it close to someone, they went out screaming. They didn't hang around and go, they tried. <laughs> None of that. They just, they, I'll tell you, why isn't that happening with us? Because they are convincing us that we are something less. And the Apostle John was trying to tell us, you are no different. You just don't know. That's your problem. Until you know, until you receive the revelation, you will never walk in it. Please don't wait till you get to heaven to find out what you could do. Amen? Amen? Please don't let that happen. Make a decision now. Decide today that you are a king and a priest. That Jesus Christ paid for that privilege with His life, with His blood. He went down to hell to pay for that privilege. Amen? And you can now walk in that. And you must now walk in that. Otherwise, when God is taking account of what you did, He's not going to be happy. I want for all of you, for God to say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen? That's how I want you to go in. That there is an abundant entrance when you go in. Amen. And can I just say this as well? Be careful. The more you get, be careful that you don't become covetous. Because whenever somebody is preaching stuff like this, the first thought the first fallen thought that comes in people's brain is, Oh, they want us to get rich and then we... Sweetie, if you're going to get rich and selfish, then don't. Yeah, can we just say that? Just don't. If you're having a problem with it, obviously you have a problem with money. So just stop. Just don't go there. It's best not for you to go there. Because prosperity destroys the fool. 
You're a fool. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, it's true, dude. <laughs> okay? <laughs> hey, you know what the wise man does? The wise man says, whatever I get comes from God and belongs to God. Amen. And says, all right, God, what do you want me to do with what you've given me? Not look what I have earned. While you're earning it, then you're earning it. It's still toil. But when you begin to realize that what comes to you is coming from God, then there's no more toil. Hallelujah. That curse is gone too. You are meant to enjoy what you do, excel in what you do, shine as bright as the sun in your workplace, and get paid for it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay? And you give God back. Do you know why? Because He makes your face to shine. Because wherever you go, you excel. And the more you give, the more you'll excel. Did you know that? Oh, you're trying to get money out of us. You know what? Keep it. If you want to be a black hole, keep your money. (laughs) Okay? I'm talking about people who want to be supernovas, dude. I mean, the people that want to shine like Jesus on the mountaintop. Amen. You don't realize the stuff that you release when you put God first. And when you say, whatever is mine is yours. Because you know why? It was yours to begin with. When we recognize that, then He will begin to bless you beyond your job. Or get you a better job. Or get you lots of jobs. Whatever. It's a gift that you're getting paid for. Do you hear me? And we're walking in that gift. And I'll tell you something. When you put God first, it is unbelievable the things that will start happening in your life. But we have to walk by faith, not by sight. Nor by our bad experiences. It's time we left them behind and said, God, you first. All right, let's have every head bowed, every eye closed.